You're listening to Child Care Sights and Sounds, presented by Danny Christine Inc., a podcast made for child care providers by child care providers. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Child Care Sights and Sounds. We are on a roll, Gigi. Yes, we are. <laughs> as promised, you know, we try to keep our promise. Yeah. I'm Danny. I'm Gigi. And this is episode four of season three of the Child Care Sites and Sound podcast. I don't know how many episodes you'll get this season. Well, we got to go for at least nine because I think in the first season, I mentioned that nine was my favorite yes. number. Yeah. <laughs> and season one had nine episodes. So at least nine. Maybe we'll push for a little more because yeah. we got a lot to cover. Yes. Um, we, Gigi and I made a change this episode where we are now looking at each other, and I don't know about you, but this feels better to me. It does because we become <laughs> accustomed to doing it through video, and um, we did it in person, then we do it, we did it through Zoom. So this is actually good. It feels like it comes natural, like we're talking right. face to face. Right. So now we're on Zoom, looking at each other. <laughs> recording but unfortunately you guys will most likely not get this I don't know maybe I'll share maybe oh it's not recording crap (laughs) the zoom the zoom is not recording oh so I was gonna say like oh I could just uh, maybe I'll share this recording on YouTube but it's not recording so I can't share it well we didn't get into much we just click record no it's okay it's okay (laughs) That means she doesn't want to do any type of editing, guys. That's <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, I let's just jump right into it because I know I've been leaving you on. <laughs> yeah, she's been teasing me, guys, with the suspense of our fourth location. Right. So last in last week's episode, we were talking about how your realtor friend <laughs> was and to be clear I don't think that's your actual friend just <laughs> for yeah but someone it just so happens that coincidentally Gigi knew the woman that was the realtor for the location we were considering for our fourth location um and I talked about like how she was being like a little pushy pushy with <laughs> with um with certain things so over the past couple of days today is friday as we're recording this and um wednesday wednesday of this week i we were getting ready to finalize the lease right to finalize it and sign off on it And I guess, I don't think I brought this up in the previous episode or episodes, but the reason that we were looking for a fourth location so quickly after opening the third is because I'm signed up for New York City's like information website where um, what's called request for proposals, RFPs. Whenever a new RFP is released within New York City that our company is uh, eligible to apply for, I'll get a notification like, oh, this is, this is, uh, it's an automatic email sent saying like, oh, you might want to consider applying for this, right? Um, And that happened a few weeks ago for 
universal pre-K or what's known in New York City as pre-K for all Mm -hmm. and 3K for all. So I got a notice a few weeks ago that there's an RFP open for new or existing childcare providers to um, submit a proposal to possibly get awarded a grant, a contract to do business with the New York City Department of Education. And with that contract, you would be allotted, if you're, if you win, if you're awarded, you would be allotted a certain number of children in your program to um, get paid by the city directly for those kids. And it's free for parents, universal pre-K or pre-K for all. I think in Florida, it's called VPK. It's called, it might be called something different in different areas of the states. Um, but essentially it's just free early childhood education for three and or four-year-olds, right? And it's usually limited availability, but in New York City, it's pretty much available everywhere. Um, so with that said, that's a whole bunch of backstory just to fill anybody in that might not be aware of what's going on because this, um, uh, RFP was recently, made available to the public to submit proposals for, and I got the notification. I told Gigi about it and we were rushing out to find a space one day, like we drove around Queens for like two hours, trying to find a location that would be suitable. And if you are familiar with me and like what I talk about in a lot of my videos when, when we do expand is I look for places that were previously daycares or that already have like all the building code zoning, whatever for daycare specifically so that we don't have to go through that extra process because there's licensing, like there's state licensing or whatever you have to do to operate legally as a licensed daycare. But before you get to that point, you have to go through like the Department of Buildings for whatever area you're in. If you don't have the appropriate paperwork filed and things with the Department of Buildings, you will not be able to submit your application for daycare licensing because there's a specific form. And I know I'm going off and Gigi's probably like, what the hell? Like, why are you talking about all this? But it's important. It's a lesson. Like, yes, this podcast is to rant and rave and just vent. But I do want people to take something away from this. Absolutely. So if you're interested in opening a daycare or a childcare business or preschool or whatever in a commercial property, that's not a residence, that's not a home, you have to have something called a certificate of occupancy or some, usually the word occupancy is in it. Depending on what state you're in, things could be different or it could be called something different. But in New York, and I think even in Pennsylvania, like it, it's called certificate of occupancy. And um, that will tell tell you what the commercial property can be used for. Is it a retail spot? Is it offices? Is it a medical space? Is it, uh, or is it a school? Is it a daycare? Things like that, it will be noted on their certificate of occupancy that the Department of Buildings has approved the commercial space for. Right. Then you take that paper once that's done and you submit it along with all of the rest of your application materials to licensing for the child care license in order to operate. 
So, <laughs> um, when Gigi and I found this location a few weeks ago in Queens, we were specifically looking in Queens because uh queens is on you know right next to long island where the rest of our three childcare centers are located queens is not that far away and it would be convenient i guess as far as like in terms of let me say this i don't know if, if many people like that are listening to this podcast have multiple childcare locations but if you do um and they're not next to each other you probably have a lot of challenges that we don't have because if we ever have a staff member call out or like we provide transportation if a driver is out or someone that helps with driving is out like we can easily just hop skip and jump over to the next location and grab somebody right Gigi? yeah absolutely which is extremely convenient and then when we do our hiring process we clear them for all, all of our centers. So we are able to provide support where it's needed. Right. So having a, a, a continuing our expansions just a little bit further out, doing it in Queens versus like Brooklyn or the, and if you're not from New York, you might not understand, like you might not understand how far these places or close these places are to one another. But Queens is basically the next it is the closest borough for, in New York City. Um, Long Island is not a part of New York City. So if we're trying to get a contract with New York City, we're going to go for an area in the borough of Queens because it's touching Long Island and we could get there in a few minutes if need be. So we found this place a couple weeks ago that we did talk about in the last two episodes. And um, in the last episode, episode three, I was going over the concerns or issues or struggles I had with the realtor. And now, um, Gigi, <laughs> we decided not to move forward. Really? Yeah, because... Sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? Is it because we you're afraid of the grant or is it the realtor? Is it the location? Is the finances? Because you were really confident whether to move forward, whether we got the grant or not. Key. That is key. Yes. I was confident about moving forward, whether we got the grant or not. And then I found out something that really bothered me. Um, so when we first discovered the place earlier or like at the end of, what was that? That was the end of October, the last week of October, like three weeks ago. Um, it was that it, it, it's a building that's like maybe 5,000 square feet or so, maybe a little bit bigger. And, um, we were basically trying to negotiate with the landlord to let us out of the lease if we did not get awarded the contract with the Department of Education. If we could not do UPK in that, in that space, we wanted to be able to get out of the lease. The realtor told me that he was not going to go for that. He would not want to he would not want to let us out the lease. Like he's trying to get the lease signed and get a tenant and that's it. And she basically was encouraging, encouraging us to move forward regardless. 
And um, she was, you know, trying to insinuate that, like, you know, you have to have the entrepreneurial spirit, do whatever you have to do to make it work, basically get. And she even said herself, like, oh, fill up the space with infants and toddlers in the beginning while you wait for the DOE award to come in, like hurry up and get it licensed and then start accepting infants and toddlers right away. And, you know, and God forbid, what happens if you don't get the contract? Like, you want to make it work regardless. And I was like, okay, you know, you're right. She convinced me. It, w- it was a lot of back and forth, letting her know, like, oh, I'm not sure. This is not really what we're, tr-. like, if we didn't get this notification that UPK was, the proposal was available to submit for, we would not have, we wouldn't have even been looking in Queens. Like, we just opened location number three. Why would we be rushing to two months later, open a fourth one. But because the New York City like released this opportunity, we thought it would be great to take advantage of it. But if it wasn't gonna work out, then it's whatever, not a big deal. So I was trying to tell her like, you know, we really are, if, if we don't get the DOE contract, I don't think it would, we would want to even consider this at the moment. But she convinced me. And you know how when I get excited about something, like that's what I'm passionate about in the moment. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna invest all my time and energy into figuring out how to make it work. So she convinced me and that was fine. I knew that I was confident that I would be able to enroll infants or toddlers or even some private paying or subsidized preschoolers in the meantime or if we didn't get the award. Mm-hmm. But um, after like going through other like little, like not little, and maybe I could talk about this in a separate YouTube video because it could be one in its own, but there was other things within the lease that needed to be edited or removed or like she was trying they were trying to not she but the landlord was trying to have us pay for a hvac unit for heating for for cooling the landlord's responsibility was heating but um we would be responsible for cooling but he wanted us to pay for the whole thing up front and then like he would take it it was it was a lot of going back and forth about those types of little things the last thing that we were negotiating on before i discovered what i discovered was um a sink i don't know if you even realized because we were just so yeah we didn't have a your dad brought it to my attention we didn't have a clean sink and like dirty sink in the back like we had no there was no sink there was no kitchen and you probably didn't even just like me i didn't didn't. realize it at all because we were just so excited you and i were so excited walking through that place that i don't think we even recognized that there was no kitchen area there were seven classrooms i believe one was really small And I noticed when I went back there, I actually was there a week ago from today, last Friday, with our grant writer who was going to help us with submitting the proposal for UPK. Um, She wanted to do a walkthrough of the place. And then I realized while I was there, one of the rooms that the room that I wanted to make our baby room for infants um, didn't have an exit to the backyard. Every other classroom has a door like to the hallway and then a door leading straight outside. 
and that room did not. So I was like, oh, I don't even, this is not going to get approved to be a baby room. Like all, if I'm not mistaken, all classrooms have to have two forms of egress, like a plate and egress means emergency exit. Um, and it didn't have any windows. It didn't have any, uh, it didn't have any, maybe it had one window, but either way, a window is not sufficient in a baby room, in a baby room. Like you can't <laughs> roll babies out of a window. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, that room could probably be like a, a staff lounge or something. And then I realized, hold on a second, there's no area in here that has that's clearly for like a fridge or a kitchen. Because even though in our location, none of our locations, we don't we don't cook, we don't make our own meals. We get all of our meals catered and delivered fresh from a food vendor every single morning. Um, but still, all of our locations have a kitchen area where th there is no stove or oven, but there is a sink and there are refrigerators and freezers and areas where we can store food. And I noticed that this place did not have that, which it would be nothing to buy a fridge, you know, put it in, buy counters, whatever. But then I was like, the sink, though, like that's plumbing. And that's that's something that I think maybe you would need a permit for or like, you know, you have to break into the ground and do construction. Mm -hmm. So um, I reached out to the realtor and I was like, you know, I realized that there's no sink. What do we do about that? Like because in the regulations, it does state and I had to come. I had to look through the regulations and then I had I also called the Department of Health to find out like if we get our food vendored, catered and delivered every day, does that mean we still need an area where people can, you know, do we still need a, a sink? And of course the answer was yes, because even if you're not cooking, you need to wash your hands before you deal with the food. And that can't happen in the bathroom. So um, we negotiated that the landlord would take care of the expense of putting in a sink. Perfect. Fine. I was honestly nervous that he was not going to say yes to that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, apparently the realtor made it possible where he not only was going to do it, but would pay for it. Because at first she was trying to tell me that he'll do it. He'll get his people to do it, but we would have to cover the cost in, in added rent for a certain period of time. Um, but somehow he agreed to do it for free, which is which is awesome and would have been necessary. Um, oh my gosh! Now she's uh, literally this is live live happening. She's still what? texting me. She's still texting. Hold me. on, she directly to you? Yes. I thought that I was. Came, I thought I came from our director. No, 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 no. Yes, she's also texting me. <laughs> she's texting me about something, something different. So is she trying to come back? Yeah, she at first she was like, let me know if you want to consider. Then she's saying, I'll cut this out if I have to. She said, I spoke to the landlord and was able to revisit the terms. The deal can be made without personal without personal guarantee. Okay. 
Wait. So now <laughs> she's saying that with an additional term of security paid on lease signing, the landlord will amend the CO at his cost to include infants after the TCO. I knew this was gonna happen. Like, let me finish. <laughs> Whoa, what is happening? So now they want to move forward and basically they like like let like, me finish. Okay, right, go ahead, go ahead, go right, ahead. right. Go ahead. Okay. Breathe. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> and my dad is gonna be pissed. Like we are, you know this. You know, okay. Hold on, let me okay. just finish. Just, let me just finish. Okay, got it. So, the sink situation. All of this, all of this that I'm describing has yeah. happened on Wednesday. The sink situation, us going back and forth negotiating about the sink, that happened on Wednesday. So, um, I, I was like, that's perfect. That's fine. It. It's not important how she was gonna, how they, how they were gonna get it done, but whatever. Then I realized I actually did a consultation, a second consultation with someone that, um, one of my clients that was also looking to open a DOE contracted universal pre-K program in New York City as well. Last week Friday, before I came down there to meet or up there before I went up there to meet with the realtor and our grant writer to do a walkthrough of this space. Um, I was rushing and I did a consultation for her that day as well. And she was nice enough to send me her slide presentation from what's called a pre-permit orientation. If you're opening a daycare center in a commercial property within one of the New York City five boroughs, um, you could, uh, you have to go to a pre-permit orientation, which now because of the pandemic is virtual. It's, I guess, through Zoom or whatever. And they sent her the slideshow and she sent it to me because I told her like, oh, I'm trying to do the same thing you're doing. And we were like exchanging stories and things that we know. So she sent me the slideshow. I'm looking through the slideshow on Wednesday as I'm talking the realtor and she and I and I noticed that there on the on the page that discusses um the certificate of occupancy this is why the backstory was important the certificate of occupancy <laughs> remember I said is issued by the department of buildings like a document that says what the building could be used for apparently in New York City it goes even as far as to say what age group if it's if it's zoned for daycare it also tells you what age groups are appropriate for that space so it'll have different classifications like I-4 which stands for um, instructional or I-2 or E, which stands for educational. And if it's if it says E for educational on the certificate of occupancy, that means you can only have preschool age children there, ages two to six, because New York City preschool is defined as two to six. I know outside of New York City, it's three to three to five, but in New York City, it's two to six. It's so confusing. And I really try my best to explain. not, yeah, to explain because I really hate, it really grinds my gears when I hear other coaches or consultants or whoever talking about rules or regulations or processes and making it 
seem like, oh, this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Not, not considering that things could be different wherever, you know, you're located. If you're in a different or not even a different state, we're talking about New York City and we're 15 minutes away mm-hmm. from New York City, right? And, and where our centers are in Long Island and the rules are different there. If you're in the five boroughs of New York City in a commercial daycare, the rules, regulations, and definitions of things is different than if you're 15 minutes out in Long Island and you're following a whole different set of rules. So anyway, the certificate of occupancy has to say that if you um, either E for educational, if you're going to have preschool age children there, or if you wanted to have infants or toddlers, certain spaces, uh, certain rooms could be classified as I-4, which is for infants and toddlers. Or if you wanted to have the flexibility for all rooms to say, you for either to either be for infants or toddlers or preschoolers, you could have a classification of I-2. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm asking the realtor, I'm begging her to tell me what is the classification? Because I'm just, thankfully to my consulting client who sent me this presentation, I'm now seeing that this is this is a requirement. Like, this is what I need to look for on the CO. And the building, I don't think I mentioned this, doesn't have a CO yet. They're still waiting. You did, yeah. I feel like you did mention it to her and she claims that paperwork were in order for that. Right. And I, I do believe that. The building is clearly done. Of It's brand new and paperwork takes a while. Mm-hmm. But because there is no CO yet, I cannot see, I can't access what it is approved for because it's not technically approved yet. So I'm trying to, like, I brought it to the realtor's attention and I'm just like, you know, this is a requirement. It has to specifically say um, this, this, or this. So can you tell me what it says? So she's trying to tell me, like, argue me down and tell me that, like, oh, it's, it's zoned for daycare. It's zoned for daycare. And I'm like, okay, great. Yes, that's not the question. Obviously, it has to be zoned for daycare. But what is the classification? What age groups are allowed? Is it I-2? Is it I-4? Is it E? So she, it, it clearly seems like she's not understanding me. Mm-hmm. So I asked her, I was like, can you please just let me speak to the architect? Let me speak to the architect. Because he is the one that develops the plans, signs off on them and submits them to the Department of Buildings for approval. And she's like, oh, we pay these people. I can't have you speak to them. Like she wasn't trying to have me speak to them because they paid them. have to hide. Exactly. She basically told me no that, uh, or she didn't say no, but she said, we're paying these people. And then she proceeded to talk over me. So I don't know. I assume that meant no. Um. So then, like, we hang up. Basically, like, somehow she convinced me that it's not going to be an issue. It's whatever. Like, you're, you're going to be able to do whatever you want in this space. And um, that's that. So I hang up the phone with her. I'm still excited about it. And then, um, like, two minutes later, Gigi, she calls me back. And she was like, okay, I spoke to the architect. And I was like, oh okay. And she was like, yeah, he says that um, 
it the space was never built out for infants and toddlers and um it's it's gonna be zoned for for regular daycare and i was like okay but so you're saying he didn't mention those classifications like i2 i4 or e and she was like well yes he did so i was like okay so is it i2 and she was like no not. she was like i was like is it e and she was like yeah it's that one wow. so i literally had to pull it out of her i had to like pull I feel like in a sense teeth. she could say that she didn't say it you said it type of thing I don't know what it was but once I said is it E and she said yes like I, I was like oh so that means we can only we can only have preschool kids in there we can only have preschool ages two to six we can't have anything else and um that's something I need to talk to my dad about because rolling it, rewinding it back a little more, before I even recognized that issue, I had learned about from the same consulting client, shout out to you, uh, Tiffany, if you're listening to this podcast. She told me that day that I had my consultation with her that she doesn't think that school-age children and preschool children can share the same classroom in the same way that we do outside of New York City, like in, in our current centers in Long Island. So basically we have um, school-age children that are in grades K to six coming to us for after-school programs from like 2 p.m. until 6.30 um, in classrooms that are licensed for preschool and school-age together. And it's not an issue because Oh my gosh. <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> Look at this. It's, it's because we chose to record to add a Look at this. So Look we're at not this. getting interrupted from, from, from center people. Now we get interrupted from phone call people. I'm going to reapply to come back. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> they you say all the time they and those who do not apply to come back, I feel like it's they pride. They really do want to come back. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder what happened. I don't know. We have to reply and see if we have a position available. It's, it's like they leave us high and dry and it's a trickle down effect. It's not right as a company. The truth is we don't because we, I busted my ass last weekend trying oh, to. Oh yeah. You got, you had trying like to hire. People. Right. How to think things through. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? Okay. The grass ain't always green on the other side. Yeah. Anyway. Again, what was I talking about? Our best episode ever. You were telling her, um, I was basically you um you was like, is it uh what do you call it? Something E? And I was like, you pulled it oh, out. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So um, she goes, she, she confirms that it's E for educational, which means we can only have children two to six in the building according to the Department of Buildings zoning category that's on their certificate of occupancy. And you might be wondering, why does that matter? Just change it. No big deal. 
it's a huge deal because you have to go through the city's Department of Buildings processes and procedures. So that would mean we have to now, like, first of all, they've already been waiting for two months for this current CO that they don't have yet. They're, the, like, the building has been done for two months and they're waiting for approvals and things to go through for this E category that they already have. She confirmed that the the reason the architect didn't use the flexible I-2 categorization was because if he did that, it would reduce the capacity in the building. Like basically, if he used that classification, like he could have, it would show on the certificate of occupancy that he could have less children, which I completely understand. You know, like you, you want to maximize the space, but as an architect that might not have the experience in running childcare businesses, making that decision versus allowing some flexibility for infants or toddlers is, is, uh, it is an understandable mistake. You don't know the ins and outs of what could happen if you completely write off any child under the age of two. Now we're talking, the issue, the issue with all of this, if anybody is lost or wondering why, why it's an issue if I was talking about like trying to get a contract for three and four year olds, like obviously this e-educational categorization fits with that. Yes, it does. Great. But what if we don't win the award? Mm. What if we don't get the DOE contract? Or what if we don't get the exact number of children that we're trying to get um, apply for with the city? What if the city, what if we apply for, I think we were trying to get 80, 80, about 80 UPK kids. Mm -hmm. um, if the city's like, no, we don't need that many kids in that area, we'll give you 30. Yeah. Then what? What do we do with the rest of the 70 slots in that location? We're going to try to fill it up with, or what if we don't get it at all? Worst case scenario. What will we do? We would need to then fill it up with parents that either pay tuition privately or have subsidized child care. And yeah. let's be honest, the area that we in, we're not that far from other centers. So, and, and exactly. they get the grant. And yeah. they have the, the grant. Yeah. yeah. So we would be competing with programs that are completely free for the parents and they don't have to do anything. It's the public school system. Mm -hmm. Why would they choose us? us? I know quality sometimes is important, yes. but let's be realistic financial situation sometime you she know needs that yes and you know some, oh, sometimes sometimes it doesn't but most times it does yes some people it doesn't matter because they have it like that uh, but with most but that's not people, the case for everybody right with most people in the areas and the communities that we are proud to serve that's not the case yeah so we need the flexibility of having infants and toddlers if, God forbid, we were not awarded this DOE contract. Yeah. And the fact that what I found particularly disgusting was 
the fact that when I initially reached out to her and I, I had told the realtor that this is not going to work because the landlord doesn't want to agree to let us out of the lease if we do not, um, if we don't get the contract, like that's ultimately, that's what I wanted. We were willing to lose. And this was a stupid, this was a stupid decision, but we were willing to possibly lose the first, like they were asking for uh, three months security deposit and an additional two months of like upfront rent payments. Five months worth of rent, we were willing to lose as long as we could get out of it if we are not awarded the grant. That's how much, like, I, I was confident that we would get it, but just in case we didn't get it, I didn't want to, us to be locked into a space where now we're coming up with, the rent was a lot. I don't even want to share it, but the rent was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. And um, I didn't want to be locked into having to do that if, uh, we, didn't if get we don't grant. get the grant. Yeah. So, um when I was explaining that to her and telling her initially why it wouldn't work and, you know, we're not interested because he's saying no, like, we'll just, we'll move on. Um, she was like, no, no, you have to have, be an entrepreneur. Like, it'll be fine. You could do infants and toddlers. Why are you telling me that we could do infants and toddlers? And now three weeks later, when we're getting ready to sign, I'm just now finding out we literally cannot because we don't have the correct, we don't Four have plans. the correct um, certificate of occupancy. Yeah. That's, that's nasty. Like, and I, I hope that she wasn't aware. I hope the realtor herself did not know that. I don't think she did. I, like, she, she is a lot, but I don't think she did because then she know that that could be used as a reason not to sign the contract. And it's clearly, it's, it's clear to see that she's trying to get you signed the contract. Right. The lease. But, um, yeah. So that's the reason we decided ultimately not to sign because I, Oh, did I finish talking about school age? No. Oh, wait, at some, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Listeners. I honestly don't remember like, at what point I stopped or why, I don't know if it's because the phone rang, but prior to us finding out from the realtor that we would not be able to accept infants and toddlers, prior to that, um, I had called the Department of Health myself to confirm um, what I found out from one of my clients, which was that school-age children and preschool children cannot share the same classroom, oh. right? So even if preschool children are gone, like, because obviously if we were going to be doing UPK in a specific classroom, UPK would be done by like two o'clock. And school age could come in. That's what we do in our current locations in Long Island. But in New York City, it's different, right? And if anybody's confused whenever I say New York City and you're not from here, the, New York City is boroughs. considered the five boroughs. Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, which yeah. technically counts. <laughs> oh, you know, what are some people here from Staten Island? You see how she's doing, y'all? I promise you, nobody is listening from Staten Island. <laughs> 
But um, yeah, if you live in one of those five boroughs, Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan, the Bronx, Staten Island, you're considered a part of New York City. Kind of barely. But um, so if New York City rules, like I mentioned, are different than the rest of the state, Long Island is part of quote unquote, the rest of the state. And we are allowed in our centers in Long Island to have school-age children in the same room as preschoolers. Honestly, at the same time, if it's in the beginning or the end of the day, or if it has to be longer than that, then they could share the room if the other group is not present, if that makes sense. So it could be school age from a particular time of day and preschool for a particular time of day. Or if it's just a few hours in the very beginning or the very end of the day, it's fine. But in New York City, that is not the case. So, and I did confirm that with the Department of Health when I called them on Wednesday before talking to the realtor and finding out the additional issue of infants and toddlers. So if you're not catching on, I discovered first that we would not be able to have school age unless we decided to designate one or two classrooms only for school age and it was just going to be empty unless school was closed, which is a waste of space. Or, and, not even or, but and, now I'm finding out that we can't have infants and toddlers unless we go through the process of changing the certificate of occupancy. So, and if anybody is wondering what does that process look like or why is it such a big deal, why don't you just do that, here's the process. <laughs> So she told me, the realtor told me after discussing with the landlord and the architect that the landlord is not willing to change her CO before, and CO stands for certificate of occupancy. The landlord is not willing to change the CO until the one that they're currently waiting for comes in, right? It's already been two months. And every week she says it's coming in a week. <laughs> so... It's already been two months. Maybe it'll come in the next month or so. And great, that's fine. So now after that CO comes, we would have to file for an amendment, an amendment of the CO. And that process could take three to six months. That's mm -hmm. what the architect is saying. It could very well be more. I honestly suspect that it would probably be more than six months. But there's that. And then on top of that, it's not just waiting the time. It's paying the architect to revise the plans and submit them to the Department of Buildings all over again. Wow. So, and you know, guess, just guess. How much <laughs> do you think that costs? Guess. The, the, the plans are already done. They're done as is, it's daycare, whatever. All we need to do is change two classrooms to infants and toddlers. How much do you think that's gonna cost? Two classrooms to infants and toddlers, uh, 15,000? It's 20. Okay, 20,000, but we're not even talking about, Gigi, we're not talking about furniture. We're not talking about the sink. We're not talking about anything related to actually modifying the building. We're talking about paying the architect to draw 
on a piece of paper and submit something new to the Department of Buildings. That is what is $20,000. Not to mention that we would have to then pay to install the required plumbing in those yes. rooms they in order to things. have the clean and dirty sink and all of that. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. So I like all of that on top of like we barely we barely got it like that anyway. Yeah. Like we don't we don't have it. We don't have it. We just no, we not, not to be throwing 20 grand just for to make a box no. and paper again. No. That. We we just scraped up exactly what we needed in order to um uh sign the lease and pay the deposit and like move forward and we were confidently doing that because we knew we were gonna I, again i was very confident we were gonna get the award for the doe but for even further context like all of this is probably not coming in order and certain people are confused but if we did win the award for the doe contract to provide universal pre-k um we would not begin getting paid for that until the summer of 2022. Whoa. So it would have what what's on paper is that we would be we would get 25% of the annual contract term in July of 2022. Um, but <laughs> my client told me that she currently has UPK for her home daycare with a contract with the city directly. And she never got her money in July. She always gets it in August or like towards the end of August. So we would be like hanging on by a thread for until we get the first few months until we get that payment from the city. If, you know, if we are awarded and get it. And the way that we were planning to do that was by offering services for infants and toddlers once we were licensed. So the projected timeline, just so everybody has it in their head, what, what I thought was gonna happen, what we thought was gonna happen. <laughs> it's currently the middle of November. Let's say we signed the lease right now. Um, the lease term was that we were gonna be able to um, like pay the five months rent, which would include the three month security and the first two months up front, right? Month one and month two, but the lease term would be beginning January 1st, 2022. So even though we were signing right now, we would have the lease agreement to submit as a part of the required like proof of occupancy for um, the DOE contract application for the proposal. We would have a like on record, we have a place we're gonna be operating out of, that's a requirement. So we would sign now, we would um, not technically be in, in contract with the lease until January of 2022. And we already paid for the first two months. So January and February is covered. We would not have to pay another rent payment until March 1st of 2022. So March, April, May, and June, what we thought, we would have to figure out how to cover four months of rent without any money from the contract that we were trying to submit a proposal for. If and when we are awarded, it would not be happening until we thought 
July of 2022. So maybe even July. Let's throw in July. Yeah. Because it wasn't going to come July 1st. Yeah. So March, April, May, June, July, five months of rent that we would have to cover. How is that being covered if we don't have a contract yet? With infants and toddlers, right? We would get, we would hopefully speed through the licensing process the same way we did with location two and location three. I would do my due diligence to make sure everything was submitted in a timely manner. And um, we make the connections we need to make to yeah. get our license as quickly as possible. And um, let's, let's just say best case scenario that happens February. Even though a whole separate a whole separate podcast could be about the differences in the licensing process with New York City and with the rest of the state, there's a, I found out that there's tests. We ha- I have to go in and take exams you, for so certain things. Like you, you the owner, not the, the director? owner, and there has to be. So there's two fire. A, a different tangent. Hold on, hold on to oh the my thought. God, this is a lot. A different tangent. <laughs> For it, it, there's fire safety exams that you have to take. Thank God for Facebook, Facebook groups. Um, in a, one of the Facebook groups I'm in, somebody was asking about or mentioned, mentioned these fire safety exams. Like you have to go into the fire department and take an exam, um, basically confirming that you know the fire safety procedures and rules and things that you have to do. And one person on site has to has that have that at all times, like like CPR and first aid, right? We we know that for our current locations, there has to be at least one person on site at all times all times, no matter what time it is, no matter what the schedules are, at least one person has to have CPR and first aid, which me ultimately means you have to have multiple people that have it. Yeah. You have to pay for this test, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it's free, but I don't, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's not even about the money. It's just about the fact that we have to now like basically get multiple, I would say myself, whoever the director was going to be, and at least, like, one or two teachers. Of closure, like a mid-year of closure, yeah. To also take this exam, these two exams, and pass them. And I heard that one of them is extremely hard. And um, the person that posted this information that I saw said that she took one of the exams four freaking times. Wow. He had to take one of them four times because that's how hard it was. So is it worth it? Right. I mean, no, like, yeah, sure. It's worth it. it the, the, the contract is definitely worth it if we know we're going to get it. But how are we going to cover five months of rent while we wait for the contract? If we got our, let's say we got our license in January or February, what are we going to do between that time if we're yeah. not allowed to accept infants and toddlers? Yeah. And, and you mentioned school age can't even be in the area preschool wise. So right. that alone is crazy. Even if preschool is gone, I don't understand why preschool school age. I don't understand it there. either. And I will say, just for anybody that does come on here and try to correct me, the guy that I spoke to from the Department of Health did, after I told him, I had to tell him like, oh, 
Well, I have centers in Long Island and um, we are allowed to do it there. I know New York City is different, but this is just a little strange. So he was then like, oh, well, you know, you can do it, but you would have to submit like a written explanation of exactly how you're going to remove all of the furniture, where you're going to store, because he claims that school-age children cannot use the same furniture because of the size difference that preschoolers use, which I, you know, makes sense, I guess. But our teachers sit at those tables and chairs. If our I was going to say preschool school age can have the same furniture. It doesn't have to be little. We, we, we do that. We've, we've done that. We've had school age use the same tables that our preschoolers use. I'm sure other hundreds of thousands of other child care providers in different parts of New York State and the rest of the country are, are doing the same thing. Yeah. But he is claiming that the guy that I spoke to was claiming that school age children need different types of furniture and sizes and whatever. And we would have to prove exactly how we're going to every day move out the preschool furniture find a place to store it and then move it back the next day. Like we would have to document exactly how that's going to work, wow. which obviously means they're, it's not going to work in their yeah. eyes. Whatever they're expecting isn't going to happen. And um, it is what it is. So we would have to pick one of the class. If we wanted to do school age grades K to six, we would have to pick one of the classrooms and just live sitting right, empty. All this day is, this is the school age room. Yeah. Which is super annoying. And I don't want to do that, but like maybe it's something we would have to do depending on the need. There's a there is an elementary school down the street. So is is that something that we would get easier than preschool age children? Like I don't know. And that it's it doesn't seem to be as easy to switch up the license in the way that we want it, like as it is where we are in Long Island. Like if we ever wanted to change around our classrooms in our current centers, all we would really have to do is call our licensor or email email our licensor and let them know that, you know, okay, this is a toddler room. We want to make it a preschool room. Here's the pictures that show, you know, we move the furniture and it's appropriate and that's it. I don't know what the process is in New York City, but it seems to be a little bit more challenging. Yeah. Um, so we would really have to go in there with set plans of like things that we researched. This is what we studied. We know for sure this is what is needed in the community and it's going to work. So that's the story. That's where we are up until literally 30 minutes ago, I've been ignoring this woman's messages. Um, now she's saying that you guys don't have to be in a contract that you could get out if you choose to, or in the lease, I should say. The realtor texts me today saying that our, our attorney messaged their attorney, mm -hmm. which is probably true. Because to be quite honest, I forgot to update our attorney and let him know, like, just ignore this. Like we're not moving forward. Mm -hmm. So he probably updated them today or last night or something with the last thing that he and I spoke, mm -hmm. which um, was that like, okay, these are the conditions that we want. 
in order to move forward. But it wasn't until the realtor kept pushing me and that I was like, okay, we're not doing this anymore. And I forgot to tell him that like, okay, just forget about it, whatever. So um, she texts me a couple hours ago saying, I hope all is well with you. Please give me a call email we received from your attorney so i apologize i let her know that just as we discussed yesterday we don't want to move forward um i for i was honest i told her i forgot to update our attorney but i will let our attorneys speak so there's no more confusion and that was my way of saying please stop talking to me <laughs> <laughs> because she honestly She's not you. You've seen how she is. She's not going to. I wouldn't even be surprised if she keeps pushing you. Um, even after all of this, let's say like it's sitting there. As long as it's sitting there vacant, I feel like she's gonna continuously to reach out to you. Yeah, because it's her job to fill it. And now that she knows this issue, I think that it is part of her duty to let whoever approaches her like know. You know, like I, mm. I don't know if. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But I do think that morally, you should be honest with whoever else is inquiring about this. Like, okay, to be clear, you can only have preschool age children two to six in cannot have infants and toddlers unless the certificate of occupancy is changed. So I basically let her know yesterday, yesterday morning, she texted me saying that um, she wants to be updated. Like, are we moving forward or are we not? Because like I said, on Wednesday is when all of this unfolded about the CO. So I, she kept like, she texted me yesterday and I was like, you know what? No, we're not going to move forward with this. Um, we're not going to move forward with this. Like I sent her, look, look at all of this. I sent her this. Oh this my is, God. Yeah. I sent her a book is, report. I literally sent her a book report. Of Are you getting here? I can hear you now. Okay. I literally sent her a book report about how we can't move forward. And her only response was this she was like okay thank you i informed the owner he advised me to speak to other customers and offer them the space i'm sorry it didn't work for you i don't know if she was trying to play hardball but that didn't matter to me like it wasn't i wasn't i wasn't like you weren't like oh my god she's gonna go find somebody else right like i, I and the one thing about me like i when I get excited about something, that's all I can think about. Like, that's what I'm focused on. That's what I know is going to happen. Like, the past two weeks, I'm like, okay, we're opening center number four. This is what we need to do. I need to find, I went as far as texting or calling um, our um, current UPK, uh, like, overseer for one and telling him like, oh, we're trying to open a spot in Queens. Do you have any certified teachers that could possibly be the director if we can't find one? And he was like, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll pass the message. Around. So like, I was, I was fully expecting this to happen. That's the only way that I will get anything done. If I'm not a hundred percent, hundred and ten percent in it, mm -hmm. there's too much going on for me to care about opportunities that I don't think are 
actually going to happen. So I have to fully believe that something is going to happen in order for it to happen. Yeah. So for us to come to the decision that we're not going to move forward with this, I had to put in my mind like, okay, this is not happening. It's not possible. So let me just focus on X, Y, and Z with our current centers. Let us improve. Let's rededicate the money that we got to add to to do this venture with to buying all of the supplies and furniture and like everything we need for our current locations to make them 10 times better. Um, invest them in our in new like employees that are coming on like all of those things like I it literally that quick I was like moved on to something else right and um, to now have her try to come back to say like like ago now she's texting saying like let me know if you reconsider. Why do I have to let you know if I reconsider? You said you are going to move on to a different a different customer. <laughs> and now she's saying, I spoke to the landlord and was able to revisit the terms. <laughs> the deal. And then she's now listing different terms that we originally were trying to renegotiate for. Like, does that include? Her- does that include with them paying for the um, the the, uh, the HVAC? Yeah, that was already something they were going to do. But now she was originally saying on Wednesday when we discovered this infant toddler issue, mm-hmm. she was saying that we would have to cover that cost. Now she's saying the landlord will do it. Um, the 20000 Yes. Mm, interesting. Right. <laughs> um, and another thing that we were having an issue with is in, in a lot of commercial leases, like, uh, landlords will require that you as a tenant do a personal guarantee, meaning that like if something happens with the business or you go bankrupt or like you can't pay the rent with your business or whatever, you as an individual with your personal assets, like you are confirming that the rent is your individual responsibility, which is something you avoid if you create a corporation, if you have an LLC or or an or whatever XYZ Daycare Inc. or XYZ Daycare LLC or things like that, like and it's uh, formally registered appropriately with the government, like you are no longer liable as an individual. You're a corporation that's responsible for those expenses. But certain landlords would try to surpass that by um, asking you to do a personal guarantee. Um, Like no matter what happens with the business, you personally must still pay this rent. So that was something we had an issue with that at first she was saying she's the the landlord is not okay with like he he want he wants to have a personal guarantee there's no exceptions now all of a sudden he's okay with it on top of paying for the expense to convert to infant toddler certificate of occupancy oh oh last thing cuz i know we're like we're we're very much over time but last thing You know, I mentioned working with a grant writer. We're working with a grant writer who was helping us to put together 
And I really hope I can get her like on a webinar or something. I had reached out to her, but I know that she's busy. I'm not sure she's able to do, because I know she can help so many, so many other providers that are in New York City or want to start a DOE program in New York City. Like, I hope that she responds to my um, consulting business email and says that she'll do a webinar. If she does, I'll let you know. But anyway, the grant writer that we're working with, um, when I met with her and the realtor on last week to walk the space so that my grant writer knows, you know, more information about how to proceed with doing this grant. Um, the realtor exchanged information with her, like she was insistent upon getting her contact information. So, um, and I have to tell you separately, because that's a whole nother story, but my grant writer came in there with like, an, kind of what I thought was an attitude, but I now realize was she was trying to be an advocate for me and my business. Like mm -hmm. she was pointing out things like on the floor, the gaps in the, the gaps on the door, like mold on the wall. So that's to it. sum it all up. <laughs> To sum it to all sum up, it now all that up. she's kind of coming back with like, hey, I'm able to give you what you want and need, what are you going to do? We're not going to take it. I already sent, while we were talking, I was I sent a screenshot to my dad of her text messages and his only response was LOL. <laughs> yeah, he's been over her, to be honest with you. I know. He doesn't like the way that she talks to us. But I, like, I could care less. She's not our landlord. Once yeah. the deal is made, we don't, you don't have, have you don't have to be in contact that. with her anymore. Right. But in general, like, I just, again, like I was saying, like, I give, I pour my whole heart, mind, soul, like, dedication is focused on the thing that I'm most excited about. Whether that be personally, professionally, in business, whatever I'm excited about, that's all I obsess over. So now that I spent a whole day removing that from my spirit, like it's not, we're going to work for us. It's not going to happen. We moved on to allocating the fund somewhere else over time. Like now you're coming back saying that it's not a problem when literally yesterday you already were, oh, no, 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 this is what, what I was telling you. I said last thing and I was getting ready to tell you this. So the grant writer that we were working with, that we are working with, um, they exchanged information last week when we met, like they exchanged phone numbers. And the realtor yesterday took it upon herself to reach out to our grant writer, who, what she has no business doing, to tell her, oh, the deal fell through. What? Yes. Who the grant writer, mind you, we already we already paid. We already paid our grant writer to write this grant for us. And I already had it. If you remember, Gigi, I had told you that, like, oh, we might possibly do location four and location five at the same time because I did. And I, I, this again I'll, could be a whole separate podcast. I'll talk about um, an opportunity where. Um, New York City has specific buildings that are owned or leased by the city. It's called city owned or leased facilities where they're looking for childcare providers that want to contract with the city to move into the, that space and run a, a 
pre-K program out of that space. And that would be at no little to no cost to them. Like there's no rent that we would have to worry about because it's already factored into the award. Like we don't have to worry about rent. So we were honestly considering doing both at the same time. One with taking over, with doing a lease with the realtor I was just talking about, like the, the space in Queens that um, we could do infants, toddlers, preschoolers, and school agers. So I thought, and then also doing the city owned or lease building. So I still wanted to use our grant writer to, okay, now we can focus only on city owned or leased and we won't have any startup expense because we don't have to worry about rent. But for her to take it upon herself to immediately text our grant writer to say, oh, the deal fell through. Can you do this for me? She was asking her to help somebody else. First of all, she wouldn't have even known this person if it wasn't for you. Exactly. Second of all, that was not her place to, because the grant writer wasn't part of a deal. So it wasn't her position to make her aware of any type of deal. Right. So I feel like that was shade. Yes, it absolutely is. The grant writer called me and she, while I was getting my hair done yesterday, she called me and she was like, uh, and uh, what she called, what she was calling me for, I thought was something else. Cause there was something I was supposed to update her about like two days ago and I never called her. So immediately I started going off about what I was supposed to update her about. And then she goes, okay, that's good, but I have a different question. <laughs> she was like, your realtor texts me this morning saying that she, um, the deal fell through and you need to, and, and she needs to help with a different program. And she was like, she was like, I thought that was shady and I didn't respond to it. She has the common sense, and which is why I feel like the realtor knew what she was doing. This is all a, a big mess. Now, with that being, with that information, with me knowing that information, I'm like, okay, she's trying to present things to you that you guys were negotiating and now she's giving to maybe have to be open-minded. But for me now, I feel like that definitely puts everything to bed because right. it's like you're you showing show a shot of you. Huh? I say you show your true colors. Yeah, you're showing a side of you that's not necessary, very unprofessional. And what makes you think that without asking me first, it's okay to reach out to someone that I introduce you to. I'm right. paying this person. This is a service for me, not for you and everybody else. That was not okay. I Yeah, I agree. Definitely put this to bed. Yeah. And, you know, it would be different and like, I was fine with them, like exchanging information because like, okay, if, if you, cause the real, for, for context as well, the realtor previously owned a daycare center for like 20 years or something prior to becoming a realtor. Mm -hmm. So like, maybe she was thinking about down the line, opening her own, another program or helping other daycare providers open programs. And like, she just, you know, you network, you want to make connections with people. So if she had reached out to her and said, um, like, oh, I have a different client that wants to open, a, a, wants a contract with the OE, could you help this client? That's that's okay. Like that's fine. But why do you have to say, oh, the deal fell through with with Danny? 
she said it because she knew you see it came from you which i'm sure she remembers that you were waiting to get the deal in order to sign the contract but then you was like okay we can move forward without it and then you know we'll we'll see what happens but i guess for her she's like well you know what let me you know make sure the grant writer know they're not doing in case they do try to go somewhere else that's nasty of course (laughs) that's nasty of course, I agree. And I a part of me wants to reply to this text that she just sent me saying like, oh, the landlord considered like, oh, well, now we lost our grant writer. So because you you text her and said the deal fell through. So no, never knowing, mind. Knowing, Which, her, knowing <laughs> her and the way she responds, oh, don't worry about it. I'll help you write the grant. <laughs> I'll find you a she grant would. writer. Because apparently she could, she could do it all. <laughs> I'll be a partner. That's what's funny. Like she actually would. And that's not the case. Obviously, we're still I, I explained everything to the grant. I apologized for the messiness. She she herself was like, I'm glad that you pulled out of that deal because obviously this was very shady and there were yeah. things going on. It's it's just it was a lot. So now she's gonna help us with applying for or submitting our proposal for the city owned or leased property um yeah which was something else i know you guys were having we're doing at the same time so i guess it's good that because at first i was like you you're about to do twins twin centers danny like right really my girl was like we just spoke about taking it slow and then boom twins but i'm glad you had that to the side um because it's, i'm sure it's not as stressful because it's in a commercial building there's um, little to no risk like yeah. we're not putting up hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. and i don't even know like i'm still trying to figure out if we are in a city owned or lease building if we could advertise our brand, like, I don't know if we can have our center name on the front of the building. And if that's the case, like, we're not even risking our branding. Like, no. you know, if, if there's a, and of course, there would never be like a negative reputation. But God forbid, like, that is something to consider as you continue expanding your services, like you have a reputation to uphold. And um, I, I don't know if we could if we're allowed to ha- advertise our own company, but I hope so. Um, but yeah, there's little to no risk. So there's no reason not to go for it, especially because we already potentially wasted the money on the grant writer. And so she might as well finish yeah. <laughs> and see if we if we get approved for a city owned or leased property. Everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. The grant writer wasn't even like, on this whole process from day one and she clearly sees what's going on. Right. Right. Everything happens for a reason. Our attorney, either way, well. Our attorney was like, I advise you to not do this. So they <laughs> saw like, it too then, huh? Yeah. Either way, we have something to look forward to. Even, even if it's nothing. Even if it's that we just focus our mindset on filling up location number three. Like and we're, that, we're that 50% alone. there, but location number three, I think a little bit more than 50%. Yeah, yeah. definitely more than 50% there. Um, but like you said, everything happens for a reason. I'm not worried about it. I was at first a little disappointed to learn that it wasn't 
going to be like acceptable for infants or toddlers um, because I did like the idea of contracting with the city and like expanding and like the, the it's just the location was so perfect. Like I really liked where it was situated on a busy street in a residential area, but still like very and busy. And we were the only one in that particular area. The rest were like two or three blocks down. Cause I don't right. know if you remember, we drove around, there was like two on, on the same block, one at the corner, one at the front corner. It was definitely perfect. Right. And now like we don't we we wouldn't have had to worry about that. But like you said, everything happens for a reason. It's not heartbreaking. We're not like it could be way worse. We could have signed the lease and then figured out that we can't have infants and toddlers and then be stuck. Yeah. Literally stuck with no movement. Um and a, a debt or, or struggling to figure out how to pay rent. We're not going down that road again. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. That's a different topic for a different day. I think we've spoken about it a little bit in the past. We are yeah, we, We've gone Let's through some struggle. We are, we've come a long way. We ain't trying to take steps back. Yeah. Well, this was a fantastic I'm episode. I'm sure you got it all out. Talk about venting, getting off your chest. You feel great, huh? Yeah, we're four, what, three, four days early. It's not too late. You could go home on time. Like, <laughs> there wasn't that many interruptions. Nope. We got to do this more often. Maybe this that time. time yeah, maybe this time on Fridays is just best. Better. I agree. It's Friday, nothing too crazy, too heavy. Even with our centers, it's not around this time that not much is needed as opposed to the morning time or the evening time. Right. So let's make note of that. <laughs> okay, for next time. Yes. Do you have any random updates or anything else you want to talk about? Because I could continue to go on, but I think this is enough for me. They've no. heard my voice enough. No, we could do like part two of this if they want more info, more detail, because I'm sure they're going to be like, oh, my goodness, now she's offering you this. Like, what, what now? happened? Yeah. What did the grant writer say? <laughs> like, like, you know, just part two of what else? Because I'm sure it's not going to stop there. She's still texting you as we speak. So I'm sure there's going to be a part two. Yeah, absolutely. This is This is really interesting because I would never, like, I've never been so completely immediately transparent about what's going on in the moment i usually like let situations that finish okay. happening mm -hmm. and then like oh yeah this is what we experienced this is what we did but it definitely hits different while you're immediately going through it because the so, emotion is raw and real right. you, know, you went through it already when you're telling afterwards um just like you was like oh my god look so we wouldn't have gotten <laughs> that if we talked about it like on monday or something yeah yeah well anyway so if anybody if anybody listening to this is um located in new york city and you're interested in starting up a program or you currently have a program the by the time you're listening to this you literally have exactly two weeks to submit your proposal for pre-K for all or 3K for all or both um, through the Department of Education in New York City. New York City 
again, one of the five boroughs. You can't be in Long Island. You can't be upstate or whatever outside New York City. I'm specifically talking about the New York City five boroughs. If you have a program there, whether that's in a center, in a commercial spot, or a home daycare, you could still contract directly with New York City Department of Education. Um, within the next two weeks, go ahead and submit your proposal. If you are confused about what that is, what that means, how you qualify, all of that, you can book a consultation with me um, by going to childcaresites.com slash Danny Christine, and I'd be happy to guide you. The spelling for all of that is in the show notes of this podcast episode, just what, however you discovered this, whether that was on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, I think as well. Look at whatever podcast information, like details about the episode, and you'll see an area where you can book a consultation with me. And while you're down there, especially if you're an Apple Podcast, please... Uh, rate us five stars. This was an episode that I definitely like just let it go and shared way more let than I go, would <laughs> So if you enjoyed it, please leave a five star rating and uh, write a review if you can. But if you can't, five stars is good enough. Um, you got any last words, Gigi? I'm happy you got that all out. <laughs> And I'm sure if you shared important information with everyone listening out there, especially those, like you mentioned, the five boroughs who are considering doing the UPK for all. Right. Or even if you're just opening a center, a key takeaway is to understand that if you're opening a center in a commercial property in the state of New York or pretty much anywhere, you need to have a certificate of occupancy that explains what the building can be used for. And it could even be as detailed as specific ages that are acceptable. So you, before signing any leases or purchasing any property or whatever, you wanna make sure what the building can be used for because you could find yourself stuck in a lease or contract or whatever for a place that you cannot serve the children you are expecting to serve. So take that into consideration as you move forward in your childcare business journey. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, (laughs) we'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye, Gigi. Well, if you could just like turn your Zoom mic on, (laughs) that would be great. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.